0: All right everybody welcome to another episode if you're new here i'm helen denham i'm a mindset mentor for women and i really help women heal at a subconscious level first and foremost so that they can initiate radical change from a place of peace and ultimately create a life that feels like heaven on earth we've got emma mumford here with us today we're talking everything manifestation the law of attraction and becoming a vibrational match to your desires Emma is the UK's leading Law of Attraction expert, and she's an award-winning life coach, Law of Attraction YouTuber, best-selling author, and just all-around expert in manifestation. She's helping us turn our dream lives into an abundant reality using the Law of Attraction and spiritual modalities. So I'm so excited for you guys to gain some new insight, new wisdom from Emma. You can find her on Instagram as you listen at I am Emma Mumford and I'm at Helen Denham underscore. So hit us up as always, let us know what you're learning, what your takeaways are. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your presence. Enjoy. And I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question I always love to ask people is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to?
1: Yeah. So um, I love this question because I feel like when it comes to law of attraction, when it comes to manifestation, you know, our daily practice, our daily rituals really do impact so much more than just our morning. You know, they impact our vibration, they impact how we show up in the world and obviously, you know, our abundance and our vibration as well. So for me personally, like my morning routines, like a non-negotiable, like I make time for it. I do take a Sunday off because I think a day of rest is always good. And for me, you know, like my weekends are quite busy so I'm like Do you know what you've earned a rest day when you've done six days a week um so me and my friend have a running joke with our gratitude journals I think I'm on like day I think it's like 1,800 and something and she's like on day 3,000 she's way ahead of me uh-huh. um, and people always say to us they're like you know how have you stuck to gratitude for that long but for me like gratitude especially is such like A really impactful practice for me in the morning you know it's a big part of our law of attraction and manifestation journey period but for me you know just to spend those first few moments in the morning just expressing gratitude for all the wonderful things I have or you know anything that's happened the day before I like to be very intuitive with my gratitude and feel into it it really just sets me up for success and when I was writing my new book I actually um did some research into different polls and surveys that were done, especially around having a routine. And there was a sleep doctor um, survey done at the end of 2021, where they found that people who had a structured morning routine, so that doesn't have to be a spiritual morning routine, but you know, had a purpose and a structure to their morning routine, were more likely to earn $14,000 more than people, and that's annually, than people who didn't have a morning routine. And they were saying, and you know, obviously I find as well that having a morning routine really helps to stimulate productivity positivity so and it really helps reduce health conditions as well which was probably the biggest shock from researching all of this because I thought wow okay like gratitude and yoga or meditation or breath work or just mindful moving or journaling like anything you want to do by spending those first few moments in the morning like is so impactful to our whole day our whole lives like when it comes to income there's clearly financial rewards as well but I feel like Like when I don't do my morning routine, I really notice it. Uh, Whereas when I do, I feel like I just enter into the day so much more gracefully. Um, And I'm able to navigate things better throughout the day when, you know, challenges arise, which they always do. That's life. I'm able to navigate them from such more grounded space rather than like scatterly going into my day. So personally, I love doing gratitude as I've mentioned. I love doing a little bit of meditation in the morning, a little bit of journaling if I feel cool to. Sometimes if I'm feeling fruity, I'll pull an Oracle card. So I just tend to go with my intuition. I go with the flow, see what I feel cool to do. And I feel like I mix it up because that's really important to me because if I do the same thing for like hundreds of days, <laughs> I will get bored. So, you know, if one day I want to do a bit of EFT, I'll do that. Or, you know, I really feel into what I need at that time more than anything.
0: Love it. couple of things. First of all, we love a statistic. That's so cool to know that $14,000 is making a difference in people's, you know, rising rituals and everything. Do you find that it's because cortisol levels are lowered and people wake up in more like a, of an easy way and they're not so stressed? Did you find that there was a correlation between that? Or what do you think about it is helping people to lead more productive, healthier lives?
1: Yeah, so I didn't see any data that specifically spoke about that. But definitely from my own personal opinion, I definitely feel like that is definitely true. I tend to focus on the spiritual side more than the scientific side. But I just feel like, you know, when your nervous system is relaxed, when you're able to just because I find and you know, I had to pull myself upon this recently, I was checking my phone as soon as I got out of bed. And I was like, okay, is that creating peace? Or is that creating stress in your body? Like, what is that, you know, creating for thing in the morning. So yeah, absolutely. For me, if that's creating stress and anxiety and like, oh, I've just looked at the news and great, I now feel like I want to go back to sleep, that's probably not going to be a good use of my time. So absolutely, you know, when we calm that nervous system, when we feel grounded, when we're feeling in a calm, peaceful sense of state, then absolutely that's going to, you know, follow throughout our day. And I always say, you know, if you set yourself up for success in the morning, you're going to feel those effects throughout the day it's gonna you know continue throughout the day and then by actually doing a little bit of gratitude or a little bit of something mindful in the evening as well you create that ripple effect where you're going to bed with also a peaceful state of mind you're not carrying the burdens or stresses from the day into the next day Um, you then wake up again with that calm state state of being to then do your morning practice so the more consistency you have there and again these things don't have to take hours they can take a few minutes even seconds sometimes but they just have such a knock-on effect on our day. And
0: to be honest, I feel like if everyone did a morning routine, they would be so much more happier in life. (laughs) Yes. And I love that you mentioned, like, it doesn't need to be some hour long thing, you know, or you're just, it's a whole thing. Um, It really can be just sitting and just bringing awareness to your breath or just writing down a couple things, which I wanted to ask about as well. What do you feel like the power behind writing has represented for you? Uh, Because there seems to be something different when we're thinking about gratitude, but to actually write it down and see it on a page seems to really hold a lot of potency. Do you find that um, writing has helped you expand your manifestation practices in a way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I talk about like finding your manifesting superpower. And I've done a video recently on my YouTube, if anyone's listening, like, how do I find that out? Um, and writing is my manifesting superpower. I mean, I am an author, so it kind of makes sense. But before all of that, you know, I didn't really correlate the two, definitely. So for me, like when I've spoken about daily practices, when I've spoken about gratitude in my books over the years and in my work, you know, I've always said like, write it down. And I have clients who are like, oh, Emma, do I have to, like, can't I just write it? on my phone can't I just say it out loud and you know looking back and obviously knowing how manifesting superpowers work definitely I always say like trust your gut trust what feels right for you and like trust what you feel called to do because what I do may not you know may not resonate with you Helen for example you might think you know what that doesn't work for me and vice versa what you do I may think you know what that doesn't bring me joy either so we have to honor ourselves to some degree and we also have to do the practices and tools that feel right to us but I found in my personal Experience like writing has been such a deepening exercise to my gratitude for one because you know, if we were to sit here now and list 10 things that we're grateful for, I'm sure we could do that, we could just list those 10 things off. But then, if I was like, right, why are you grateful for each one of those things? We probably have to sit here and think about it a little bit longer, which is good because then you spend more time with that and writing your why. So, I normally structure my sentences as I am so grateful for, and then whatever then because and then write my why because it takes me so much deeper instead of just being like I'm grateful for my cat dog house business blah, blah 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 I'm like why am I grateful for my dog why am I grateful for my business why am I grateful to wake up today why am I grateful for the clean water in my house why am I grateful to have clear vision for example so it really just makes you th- Think And it takes you so much deeper. And I feel like when you write your why, and especially I feel like writing holds so much more potency than just saying it quickly or writing it on your phone. I'm not saying those things like don't do them or they're, you know, worse or anything. They're not. But for me, I just feel like even with vision boards, everybody wants to do, I think, digitally. And I think to some degree that really does help and is really effective, but actually taking the time to like cut photos out and stick them on a bit of paper or write some words. I feel like when you take more time and energy, you're actually putting more towards your desire. You're putting more towards that gratitude practice. You're putting more towards your vision board. So I think I am like old school when it comes to that. I love doing things physically. I love getting creative physically, and I love writing things because it, it means I'm committing to it. And that's just my journey and what resonates with me, but it just makes me feel like, you know what, I'm spending the time with myself this morning to write these things down. I'm taking the time to write my intentions and manifestations down. So I feel like our writing absolutely does hold more power. But again, probably people listening to this will be like, well, actually, Emma, I don't do that. But I still feel that, you know, saying things or seeing my visualizations is equally as powerful. So I think, it's like a balance of the two. Yes, it does to answer your question. But also for some people, they may not feel like that resonates for them.
0: Yeah, that's so brilliant. I'm excited to keep expanding my practices around that getting into your why because it seems like knowing your why when you're manifesting anything in general is like of the essence of understanding why you're even calling it in. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, and I think our why like is something I've definitely developed in my own practice over the years. And, you know, like when we start the law of attraction journey, when we start to manifest, we're all like, oh, what can I have? I have this, I have that. Oh, what else can I have? And I think we sort of mindlessly manifest a bit where we're just like, "Oh, you're like a kid in a candy store. You're like, oh my God, look at all these amazing things. And, um, you know, I can have all of them amazing. Whereas when you actually get down the manifestation hole a bit more, when you actually go into the deeper journey of it, you are challenged to think like, okay, why do I want these things? So I really love to say to my following and like when I share these tips with people, like think about your what. And think how your manifestation can positively impact the collective too, because it's not just a knock on effect of like, I'm going to get something. It's like, okay, well, if I manifest something, how is it going to positively impact you? How's it going to positively impact the business I'm buying from for, etc. if I'm manifesting some money to buy something, you know, that money that I manifest is then going to go towards a purchase, for example. And then that small business or whoever I'm buying from is going to get a knock on effect and they're going to manifest money too. Mm-hmm. So I think really get out of your head with how's it going to benefit me and think how's it going to benefit the collective? How's it, how's it going to benefit and, you know, positively impact um, other people as well? Because when we do it that way, we mindfully manifest. And instead of just, you know, thinking like, Like, right. You know, and I see it with blocks a lot as well, actually, where people are like, I really want to manifest a million pounds or a million dollars. And I'm like, great, cool. Why? I don't know. Just everyone else seems to be doing it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's great. Like the more money that is in, you know, soulful and spiritually awake in people's hands. Great. We're going to do loads of good stuff with that. But if you don't know your why how are you going to stay focused on that journey are you going to see that goal through or is that just like a a sort of like quick thought that's gone through your head and you'll forget about it next week so you have to think like when you know your why you know why you're doing something and when you get you know frustrations come up or blocks come up or you're you know like why is it not happening you're able to ground yourself back in and be like right it's okay, I know it's on its way and I know my why I'm doing this because it's gonna really fulfill my purpose or it's gonna do this or whatever, then you're able to ground yourself back in and know why, why on earth are you doing any of this? Why are you are doing the journey? Why are you are manifesting it? So I think our why is so, so important. Yes, a why of why we're setting that intention or why we want that money or why we want that house, but also how is that gonna positively impact other people as well? I think that's always a good question to ask ourselves.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. And something that I found on my own journey and with, you know, the women in my community as well is like, there's sometimes this underlying fear of success. Like what happens when I actually get it? Am I going to, you know, push people away? I'm scared to be seen. Like there, there seems to be all these underlying belief systems that come into play. When we're calling in our next paradigm. So how does that like deeper work come into your, you know, into your teachings, like the, the worthiness stuff, all of the, the childhood healing, like, how does that play into what you teach as well?
1: Yeah, and it's really important that, you know, we have these conversations and people know about it, because as I went along my manifestation journey, you know, I I found out about it six years ago now. So as I went along that journey and started manifesting things, I was finding these hit and miss results. So I was finding that I was really good at manifesting some things and other things like it was was like a car crash, to be quite honest. And I was like, great, what's happening here, Rhonda Byrne? Like I've done all your steps (laughs) and it's not working. So I kind of felt a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration at the, you know, why were some things manifesting effortlessly and some things were, you know, really hard or not manifesting at all, or I was getting tests and challenges and stuff like that. So that's when I realized the inner work and I knew, you know, obviously before six years ago, I had no idea about spirituality, no idea about self-help or anything like that. So I had a lot of trauma from my childhood and I had a lot of um, repressed anxiety and depression and PTSD that I had no idea about, didn't know I had any of that. I knew I had depression, but not any of the other inner stuff. So as I was going along that journey and manifesting things, I was manifesting things that didn't quite feel great and I thought okay right so if we're creating our reality where is this being created from and then when I would set these intentions I would have my inner critic my ego pipe up and be like well who are you to do that and you're not worthy of this and blah 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 and I always remember in like old school law of attraction teachings it's very much you know you must think positive thoughts you must not think negative thought otherwise bad things are going to happen and I remember this one time I was walking around my local supermarket and I was having a day where my inner critic and ego was being particularly loud about something. And I was just walking around trying to do my shopping and it was getting louder and louder. And in my head, I was like, right, pause, stop, switch it to a positive intention. Like, what am I grateful for? Like I was doing the whole reframe exercise in my head that I'd been taught and had would learned about. And it wasn't working and I was like right clearly I'm broken clearly like this works for everybody else but I'm just broken and it doesn't work for me and I've just got this horrible inner critic that really wants to ruin my day. So I literally was just walking around the supermarket having this moment of pure frustration and when I got home I was like right I am done with this and I sat down and I was like right what on earth is going on here? Like, why are you so peed off? Why are you so angry? Why are you constantly putting me down? And instantly it was like this cloud lifted and this little voice was like, because I don't feel worthy. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And obviously it was my inner child. And I was then connecting to my inner child But it was interesting because the more I resisted and the more I fought and like, you know, battered my ego, battered my um, inner critic and was like, F off. Like, you know, all the things that we do to our inner critic and ego, it was just getting louder. It wasn't getting quieter. It was getting louder and louder and louder to this point where I was so annoyed in the supermarket. But actually by spending that time, by just witnessing it and being like, right, what is going on? Like, let's have an inner talk here. You know, my inner child was like, Like I just don't feel worthy. And that was it. And then I was like, okay, so why do you not feel worthy, not knowing it's my inner child at the time? And we had this whole dialogue, which was really, really deeply healing. And after that, that thought never came up again. And it was interesting because for so long, I'd been fighting and fighting against emotion and, you know, like being like, you must think positive thoughts. And I think this is such a damaging message that is in old school teachings because. Feeling is healing. And from going along my own healing journey and, you know, writing Hurt, Healing, Healed, my new book as well, it really taught me that this is a whole massive thing that's missed out of law of attraction and actually in step two of belief, you know, to believe you're worthy, to believe you can receive that. There's more to it than that because actually what are the layers underneath self-worth? Where does that come from? It's not enough to just believe the universe will serve it. Okay, but how do you believe, like how do you build that belief? no one teaches that, right? So I really believe the inner work comes in that second step of belief. I've got a five-step process, which is a little bit more in depth than the original three steps. And really, for me, doing the inner work transformed my life hugely because I had no idea we had to do this. Nobody does, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody tells us, right, you know, grow up, spiritually awaken, get a bit more aware, and then face all your shadows. Nobody tells us how or when to do that, right? So this was a very natural thing that came up in my journey. But that's why I was having such hit and miss results. So from going along my healing journey, from, you know, facing my shadow, facing my inner child, healing these things, my abundance and the things that I'm receiving is on a whole new level because it's coming from a healed aligned space rather than that wounded space. And I had a conversation with my friend really recently and he said, isn't it funny? Like, think back, is it the same for you, Emma? Where what you wanted six years ago, what you were manifesting is completely different to now. And I was like, oh my God, yes and he was like it's because we come from a whole different energy like a whole different alignment or state of being where we're then manifesting from you know our true self instead of manifesting from that wounded self that you know isn't is going to get those hit and miss results and struggle with the belief step and struggle to manifest so I believe you know the inner work and I'm sure you can agree Helen is like the most important part of manifesting
0: Absolutely. I think this is such an important point that you're making about understanding that our thoughts are not, you know, creating harm in a way. When I think of our thoughts, I'm thinking they're just little pings or ways that are asking for us to deepen our compassion for self and to go inward and just, they're like little flags that are going up that said, Hey, I need like a hug. I need rest. I need this. And like, this is going to bring us closer into a place of peace. So not to create war in the mind. Cause I think that can just kind of breed chaos and anxiety, but just to say, Oh, thank you for coming up. This is somewhere where I can deepen my compassion. Thank you so much. But I had the exact same experience when I started to study law of attraction as well. I was like, Oh my God, how do I stop these thoughts? And then it was the layer down that really needed to start having some work. Um, but I would love to hear more about your journey into your practice now into becoming this amazing business coach, leader, speaker, how did this life come to fruition for you? Maybe take us on your journey of the last like ten years or so.
1: <laughs> How long have you got, Helen? It's a bit uh-huh. of a- <laughs> yeah. Take us
0: whole life story. <gasps>
1: <laughs> I will keep it brief. I will cut it down. So yeah. uh, it pretty much does start ten years ago. Ironically, um, back in 2012. So literally ten years ago. And um, I was in a very different place of my life. I was working as a banking manager at one of the UK's leading banks. So finance and banking was not the plan. Like, it's not like I grew up and was like, I want to be a banker. Absolutely not furthest away from what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to run a business, but you know, back in those days, back 10 years ago, you know, like YouTube was very fresh, like influencers weren't a thing. Like what we're doing now was like not a thing. So I knew that I was gonna be the product, but back then, you know, my business teacher would laugh at me and she'd be like, Emma, you can't be the product, you have to invent something.
0: Popping in for a moment to chat with you guys about my private one-on-one mentorship series. This is a two-month-long container with me where we meet on a weekly basis, and it's for the woman who is really ready to initiate big change in her life. If you've set the intention to make a shift and move forward in a big way in your life, but you don't really know how to bring that vision into focus, I understand that feeling. I've been there. I've felt that confusion, that anxiety, lack of direction, and I've learned how to alchemize that discomfort and to change my life completely. completely, which is why I'm here to show you how to do it and give you the tools that helped me completely change my life so that it feels more like heaven on earth and less like this daily struggle. So if you have been feeling like you're struggling with negative self-talk and confidence, if you've been feeling stagnant in your personal evolution, if you need help navigating a major transition in your life, maybe you want to launch a soul-led business but don't know where to start, this is the container for you. This is where I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to get you to a new paradigm in two months. And changing our lives really means changing our understanding of self which is why we're going to be doing deep subconscious work together we're going to be instilling new habits and beliefs that support your new paradigm and we're clearing out the old ones that don't support that highest self that you are aligning with and calling in at the end of the day, you are the guru, and we're just activating that intrinsic part of you. So, if you feel like this is in alignment for you, and this is really what you need, especially in this new year, just head over to helendenham.com. You will see where you can learn all about the mentorship, and you can book a completely free, non-committal power session with me for 30 minutes, where we can get to know each other and decide if this is the right course of action for you. All right, thank you so much for listening, and back to the episode.
1: Um, so there was me, stood up my little um, business studies board, like, right, here's what I'm going to do as my business. And she was like, that just won't work. Whereas now I look back and I'm like, clearly I knew, even in that unawakened state, clearly I had good intuition that was knowing I was going to do this, um, you know, further on down the line. So I always find that really funny. But yeah, I got into banking and I was in my first not very great relationship. I was 18 at the time. And it was a really difficult time for me because I was feeling that anxiety. I had anxiety and depression because that boyfriend I was with at the time, he left me in 7,000 pounds worth of his debt. So I took it on because Virgo in me was like, right, you've got some debt. I'll get preferential rates at the bank. I'll take a loan out, we'll clear it. You're like, and then you can pay it off. He never paid a single penny of it. And the relationship broke down very quickly after I did that. So I was going to work in a bank with seven grand debt in my head each day. That pressure, that weight, and then going and putting other people in debt each and every day, it was a catalyst for chaos. And, you know, I very quickly developed deep depression from that, and I wasn't able to work anymore because I just couldn't even face it. Going into that bank every day was such a trigger for me. And then obviously, when the relationship broke down, it got just even worse after that. So, I thought he only had £7,000 worth of debt. He actually had over 30000 by the time that we broke up. All the bailiffs and everybody had like found our address and it was coming in thick and fast thick and fast. And that's obviously when I left. I don't know what happened after that. So obviously that was a really big learning curve for me and at the age of like 18, 19, it was, you know, a a big responsibility to have. And then obviously losing that job and having to go and work in a job that my nervous system could cope with. It was obviously a massive decrease in income as well. So I had to save money. And that's when I came across Extreme Couponing, which is very different to what I do now. And obviously I know it's a US show and I absolutely loved it. And I was like, wow, I wonder if there's anything like this over here in the UK where people are using coupons to save money because that could really help me out right now. And I really feel like couponing was such an escapism for me because I was able to just focus on that. It got me out the house because I was very close to not even being able to leave the house with my anxiety. So even those trips to the supermarket and to save money, like got me out the house and was such therapy in itself in some ways. So I do put a lot of that down to, you know, couponing for helping and being like a little bit of a therapy in that way. But I tried antidepressants. I tried CBT. I tried therapy. Nothing was helping this depression to shift. And it was really frustrating because it was getting worse and worse and worse. But then I didn't even know what was causing it. I just thought, right, I've clearly got a chemical imbalance, um, you know, cause that's what we're taught. And Didn't really make much sense other than that. So then fast forward a couple of years, I turned that couponing passion into a business. Um, again, not planned, was never an entrepreneur before, had no idea what I was doing. But, you know, I really loved couponing and it took off really, really quickly. And my friends were like, Come on, Emma, you've got to help people with this. Like, people would love to know like how you're saving all this money. Like, people need it right now. So uh, they bullied me into starting a Facebook page, but I'm very glad they did. <laughs> um, and within six months, I had over half a million followers here in the UK. I was appearing on national TV, like with money saving slots, teaching people how to do couponing and things and it just was a bit wild because I'd kind of gone from this like hugely depressed anxious state to now thrust into the limelight in such a short amount of time and it was so much fun and I absolutely loved it but you know I still had crippling depression at that point so on the outside people probably thought well Emma's got it all you know she's got a new boyfriend she's presenting on tv she's got this hugely successful business it was a six-figure business as well at that point and it was just luck it was just right time right place and for me it was really I guess frustrating because on the outside people would be like she's got everything but on the inside I really had not much apart from the business again that second relationship was not great it was equally as toxic the same patterns were repeating themselves so fast forward to 2016 when I've been running that business for a little while um is when I had my spiritual awakening and this was when my depression had got Right to the worst it had ever been. I was contemplating suicide at this point, and I really just thought I do not know what to do anymore. I do not know how to be happy. I don't know how to love myself. People seem to love themselves in this world, and I do not know how to do that in any way, shape, or form. So I really felt at a breaking point, to say the least, and at that rock bottom. And I remember looking out of a window of my um, flat at that point at 2 a.m. really randomly, and just being like, "God, help me." And I wouldn't have said I was religious, I would have said I was atheist at that point. But those words just came out and it was like, I was just ready to surrender to it, if anything. So a couple of days later, um, that relationship broke down with that boyfriend as well. And I found the words law of attraction. And I was like, oh, what's this? Like, and it kind Mm -hmm. of, I thought like you could manifest love with it. I was like, oh, attraction, okay, it's something to do with love. Um, But obviously, little did I know, it was way more than that. And I kept seeing this word everywhere, repeated constantly. And then I put a post out on my Facebook page, um, on my private page, sorry, um, just saying like, does anyone know what the law of attraction is? Like, does anyone have any books? And then my friend was like, oh my God, yes, you need to read The Secret. So I read The Secret and then watched The Secret on Netflix as well. And it was like a remembering. It wasn't like, a, oh, I'm learning something new. It was like, oh yes, that's how life works, of course. So it was really refreshing. And I think just like couponing, It was an escapism. It was something that I could put my energy towards and put positive energy towards because with couponing, I was helping hundreds of thousands of people save money, including myself and get out of debt. And this was like, right now I can be positive now I can learn how to love myself and learn how to heal as well um and learn how to be happy and manifest nice things into my life so it really was very similar energy of like I became obsessed with it and loved it um and over time up until 2018 I was running that couponing business and I then realized that you know it needed a team of people it got huge way above what I could handle Mm -hmm. and I think at that point as well I knew that my soul wanted to yes continue to teach money but actually talk about manifestation and law of attraction more because I feel like I was then stepping up into this new version of me as well. So I manifested selling that business in 2018. And yeah, I've done this ever
0: since. This is amazing. Thank you, first of all, for sharing that, because as you know, you're not alone in your experience. And I I went through the same things. I went through crippling, depression, eating issues, everything. And um, I was working with my shaman, my diviner yesterday, and um, he, I thought I had kind of moved past that, which I definitely have. But he said, you know, we need you to go back to that time where you kind of negated your willingness to be on this earth walk, if you will, to come to earth where you were so uncomfortable because it's still showing up in a little bit of chaos and ungroundedness. So part of my practice this week and just in general is to reclaim that old kind of childhood abandonment of self to say, I'm willing to be here. I want to be here. I'm willing to walk my path and be in my purpose. And I think from your story and and as well as mine, there's a declaration that happens and an ask that happens that says, okay, this, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's like, there's got to be a huge change. And we ask, we ask for help. And I find that when we're working with spirit or guidance, we need to make the ask and we need to get specific and just open up that channel. So I love that that is, that's been part of your journey and that you have been able to come out of that and and what a gift and that clearly it's brought you closer to your purpose. So do you feel like you're more deeply in your purpose now? Do you feel more in alignment than you used to? And, and then I guess on top of that, do you feel like your purpose will change and shift and evolve?
1: Yeah, and I love that because I think purpose is like the buzzword, isn't it? Of like the self-help sphere, purpose, purpose, have you found your purpose? And I get asked all the time, how do you find your purpose? And I think the more I've gone down this journey and the more I've learned from people who are like generations older as well, who are on the spiritual path, is that purpose is always going to unfold. And it's not something you have to find. It's something you have to live and experience. And many people would be like, well, Emma, couponing clearly wasn't your purpose but it was at that time and season of my life. It was my purpose and I absolutely loved it and it felt so right and it flowed and it felt so good and it was being of service to others and then now my purpose now yes has grown and shifted into spirituality but I'm still helping people I still help people save money and manifest money and um budget of my positively wealthy work so you know it's ironic that actually every stage of my life through banking through sales work when, when I was really younger um from the couponing it's all prepped me to do what I do today so I didn't know how to run a business and how I've just gone straight into this would I have you know had the success or had the impact or had the knowledge that I do have if I hadn't have had that first business probably not like you know I learned how to run a business I learned how to do my accounts I learned how to do social media and marketing and promotion through that couponing business so that when I moved into this business I had that knowledge and awareness to just hit the ground running and go basically. I had the platform at that point. So I owe so much to my couponing days and I love that that's a part of my journey. And I love that this is a part of my journey. And as you know, I love spirituality. I love, you know, talking about manifestation and law of attraction, but I'm totally open. If that's meant to grow and evolve into different areas of spirituality, like in 10 years, 20 years, I'm open to it so I feel like our purposes always change in seasons of life you know like that purpose maybe one day might be to have a family and then have that season of my life and then that purpose in my 50s might be different for example so I don't feel like we can always predict it (laughs) well I definitely don't feel like I've predicted mine Um, but I think purpose is a really interesting one because I think the more I lean into it and the more I learn on this journey I feel like it just happens and we find that purpose through following our passions through following our joy and you know maybe that will grow and evolve throughout our years and that's fine (laughs)
0: Totally. Yeah. And I love that you are looking back kind of with 2020 in hindsight, looking back on all of these building blocks that brought you here. Cause I think it can be some people might feel shame about their past or like it, it, but I completely agree with you. There really are no accidents when we look back on it. Everything has given us like a little nugget to bring into our new iteration of self that's really of service. Even knowing what we don't want can be really powerful. Like, okay, that didn't resonate. So I'm going to go in this direction. But I'm sure that it helped you like, structure a business. I mean, running a business that big is no joke. I'm sure like a lot of your financial, you know, aptitude was able to get you ready for that. How have you felt like managing money has come into the play here as well? And like giving money a place to live and breathe and get organized. So I guess the question really is like, how do you marry like the masculine energy with your feminine energy of flow? If that makes sense.
1: Mm, I love how you put that. Actually, because a lot of people are like, "How do you like manage money?" When actually, it is that act of balancing. It is that act of that masculine and that feminine, because. I've always naturally sat more in my masculine energy. Um, I know like Gabby Bernstein does as well, for example. So like, you can tell like when someone's more comfortably in their masculine, because they are, they are like, right, let's do this woo. And they are very <laughs> successful people. That's not to say people in their feminine won't be because we need both energies. So for me, a big unlearning um, and a big relearning as such in my healing journey has been to balance that feminine energy and to not suppress it and to not um, have it unbalanced as such. So bringing that feminine into the business over the last three years, you know, has been a challenge, definitely, otherwise it wouldn't be, you know, learning as such, but it's definitely been the most rewarding thing, because now I'm not burnt out, which is a huge bonus and a huge thing that I'm like, you know, proud that I've accomplished, because that was definitely a problem a few years ago. And, you know, like coming from that feminine place with money, obviously, it's looking at self-worth, because a lot of the time people who sit more on their feminine, when it comes to business, they'll be like, oh, you know, I shouldn't charge for my services, or I shouldn't charge Charge too much because you know we're spiritual people or we're well-being people. And you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to help people as well. Definitely not. That's a really good trait to have. But equally, money kind of does make the world go round and we kind of need that money to pay our bills as well. And to run a business is to have the balance of two, of that kind of masculine focus of, you know, like, right here's how to run a business, like we need to market it, we need to do X, Y, Z. And then it's marrying with the feminine of intuition. So I always joke that um, I probably wouldn't be a very great, I used to do business coaching a few years ago, but now I'm more of a life coach. And I always joke that I probably would have been my worst nightmare as a client because I'm someone who loves to follow my intuition. And yes, the masculine in me wants to have a five-year plan, a three-year plan, like how are you going to scale, how blah, 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 all that stuff. And then my feminine's like, just trust the process, Emma, just go with the flow, like launch what you want to launch. So I feel like even recently, actually, I've had that internal like, right, okay, what's the logic? What's the reason? Which one do I kind of flow with? But I feel like the more I flow into my feminine, I feel like the more I listen to that feminine of flow and intuition, it's never done me wrong. And I've never ended up anywhere I haven't wanted to be. Um, So I think I quite like that balance of having the masculine of like, right, yes, there are some, you know, more serious things that you need to look at in your business, like, you know, having an accountant, having a team to support you, like, here's how you run a business, like, there are some, you know, scheduling and planning things that need to happen. But then also having that feminine of it's okay to flow. I don't have to know what I wanna do in three to five years time. I can flow and I can trust this. And if something doesn't feel right, I don't have to continue doing it. And I think sometimes we forget that as our own bosses of like, actually, You are in control. You don't have to be a slave to your own business. And if you don't want to do something because it doesn't feel right, that's a clear messenger from your soul and from the universe that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. So um, I definitely feel like when it comes to money as well, um, yeah, like I feel like it would be, weird if we didn't want to have money goals to aspire to or we didn't want to you know have nice things as such I think all of those things are perfectly okay and perfectly you know lots of people have those as those goals but I feel like I myself definitely got lost a little bit along my business journey where you know people were like I'm a six seven eight nine figure coach I've been on nine figures now I can't even like keep up with it all and mm-hmm. I just thought oh well well that's what everyone else is doing so I have to do that I have to aspire to that and I I have to want that but then that brings us back to our why of like but why did we want that so someone asked me recently of like how do I manifest a six-figure business and I said you don't I said you manifest a business that feels in alignment to you with offerings and products and services that feel good to you and are going to serve people find your why and I've always found in life that When I listen to my intuition, when I create something that feels truly aligned and I want to do it, not because outside pressures are telling me to do it or I feel I should do it. I create something because I really want to and it feels awesome. Oh my gosh, I never have to worry about the money because that alignment, the money is like an after effect. The money is like a byproduct of that alignment and of that gosh, I really listened to my soul and I'm really glad I did that because this product or this course or whatever I've created feels so good and I know it's really gonna help a lot of people. So I tend to take the focus off money nowadays. I tend to put the focus more on alignment and more on doing the things that I really enjoy doing and that I know is going to be really good for people as well. Um, and the money's a byproduct. So I think when we can shift that into that more feminine approach of alignment, you can then marry the two together where, yes, you can have your masculine, sensible head on, but then also mix it with fun as well, with the intuitive feminine
0: Oh, I love that. And I love your point too, about like us not being stuck and like that we can always change our minds. We can always shift. But what I've found too, is like that there ends up being a lot of freedom in the structure itself that as we kind of structure our days out, we can then kind of flow intuitively there. So like, for example, I now like make sure that I have three day weekends just because my projector self, like I flow like that. I need a couple days to just clear my head, think, and then do whatever in that mix. But that is structure almost that creates freedom. So if that makes sense. So I love that you really touch on that and and are figuring out how to marry those two. The next thing I wanted to ask you finally is marrying desire with already knowing that what you have is enough. So like manifesting energetically, like calling something in, but not from a place of like need or like clinginess to your desire, but just like expanding into that if that makes sense like how do we call in what we want and and understand desire but also knowing that we're already enough that we already have enough
1: yeah and I think that's a really good question to ask because I think you know that's why I wrote my second book positively wealthy because I'd manifested like everything off my vision board and I remember it was the last manifestation was selling my couponing business. And I remember sitting there and the money was about to hit my account. And it was obviously like, you know, money that was going to set me up and help towards a house one day. Like, you know, it was incredible that I was in that opportunity to receive that and have, you know, have that at such a young age. And I sat there and I was like, right, when this money comes through, Emma, that's it. Everything's short. You've manifested everything. Fantastic. And the money hit my account and, you know, I transferred it to savings. I transferred it to, you know, wherever it was going and stuff. And so within 10 minutes later, my current account was the same balance as it was 10 minutes prior. So I sat there and I was like, oh, you don't feel any different ever. Oh, crap. You still got that big gaping void within you that feels so much unfulfillment. And you really thought that all those things were going to fulfill you. And now I say to people, like, if you think your manifestation is going to give you something, do not manifest it. It is not going to make you happy. It's not going to give or anything. Yes, manifestations can bring joy into our life, but we need to see manifestations as additions, not something that completes us. So we all know those statements of, you know, oh, but when that happens, Emma, I'm going to feel this. Or, you know, when that happens, I'll be happy. Or when that happens, I'll finally be free or whatever. Whatever the story is we're telling ourselves, it absolutely does not work like that. I got to this place where I was like, wow, I feel like the biggest fraud ever. Like I've followed the law of attraction, I've like manifested all these things and I feel so unfulfilled. And guess what? That was because the inner work was not a dialogue at that point. And there was no mention of inner work anywhere in teachings or the importance of doing the inner work. So that's what really led me on to the next book about healing healed and writing that. But really like from doing the inner work, and I feel like doing the inner work is a real key top tip there of how do I move to that place? We've got to work through the blocks and resistance that stop you from knowing that you are enough right now, that stop you from knowing that what you have is enough. And I think so many of us search for the external things of like, well, if externally I have happiness, internally I will feel happiness it's the opposite the complete other way around the internal reflects the outer so the moment that you feel total peace and i always remember someone saying this to me um and i'm sure it's like a buddha quote i can't remember the quote but it was a saying as such like you know when you feel complete peace within yourself you will never need anything in life. And I was like, what rubbish? Like, you know, well, that just completely removes the law of attraction. I don't believe in that, blah, blah, blah. Then I did the inner work and was like, oh my God, that was the best advice I was ever given. So for me now, I say to people, I'm like, when you want to manifest, do the inner work because then you come from a place of alignment, as I said earlier, in terms of manifesting from your true self instead of the wounded self. But equally as well, now when I manifest and now when I see a lot of like my clients or followers or whoever manifesting from a more aligned space, once they've done that inner work on any blocks, beliefs, um, trauma, etc., you don't need it. You manifest from a space of, do you know what? I'm so grateful and I feel so at peace and so happy with everything I have. Yeah. If that thing was to happen, do you know what? That'd be great. But if it doesn't, that's fine too. And it's, a you know, people listening to this may be like, oh my God, that feels so far away from me. Like there's no way I can even get to that place. And that's why, you know, I've, I've got my five steps, the law of attraction, because step four is um, letting go and surrendering. And in that stage, and again, something that is not taught in old school teachings, but I would argue one of the most important steps in this process is letting go and surrendering. Because when you're in that letting go and surrendering state, you're totally present and you're living your life. You're not sat there like watching your clock. You're not texting the universe like, where is it? Where's my tracking number? You're not doing any of that. And I always say like, think of the version of you who has your desire. Are they sat there worrying? Are they sat there calling the universe, checking up where it is? Are they doing any of that? No, they're going to be happy. They're going to be relaxed. They're going to be joyful. They're going to be living their life. And that's what we should be doing too. I think a lot of the time we get in these traps of staying stuck in asking and staying stuck along those earlier steps of the process. When actually letting go and surrendering sets you free from so much because then you're like, do you know what? I have done that inner work and I actually feel in a fantastic place where. Life's good, I feel so appreciative, so grateful of everything that I have, that if this happens, great, but if something better happens, and that's why I always say, say, this or something better for the highest good of all, because you don't want what's not meant for you, you, want those things that are in alignment for you, and sometimes that can look a little bit different to what we originally envision it as when you say that and when you come into that place of full acceptance then you are able to attract anything to you because you come from a place of wholeness instead of lack and as we know like attracts like with law of attraction so if you're manifesting and feeling you know feeling feelings of lack and you're manifesting it because you don't have that thing for example you're just gonna attract more of not having that thing. But when you manifest it from that inner peace place of wholeness and fulfillment, and like, yeah, I am enough, life is enough as it is. Yeah, those things are fantastic, but they're additions. They're not something that fills and completes me as I thought they did in the beginning. And so many of us do as well. You know, the whole game shifts. And I, you know, I say it time and time again, that when you come from a whole place, you won't even need to worry about manifesting because abundance and happiness and joy is gonna be a byproduct of your vibration, of you. And yes, I still set intentions. Yes, I still would recommend that, but it's not hard work. It's not from a place of, I need this. It's from a place of, do you know what? I'm so lucky and blessed. And that comes with experience. I wanna say that as well. Our belief is built up over time. If someone's right at the beginning of their journey, I'm not expecting them to sit here how me and Helen are and who are trusting in that process, because I have six years of manifesting personal experiences behind me of like, okay, I have six years worth of data that tells me I can manifest my desires, that I can do this. But you know, three years ago, four, five, six, yeah, my belief was not where it is to, you know, now, because I hadn't done the inner work and I hadn't gone along that process to understand, oh, wow, we really do create our realities. So I feel like belief comes with time. Mm -hmm. It comes from definitely the inner work, but also from seeing those results. Like you will, it's about that consistency and um, repetition with that. You will see all of that naturally, um, yeah, grow for you
0: as well. Mm, so good. Yeah. Cause it's like, what we're doing is like, we're taking down a whole structure of a, an old home and rebuilding from the ground up. And that takes time. And exactly, as you said, consistency with like every brick. This is also reminding me too. I remember my aunt saying this. She's like, when you're dating and when you're calling in your partner, like just think of them as the cherry on top, like not the whole meal, not even the dessert, like the cherry on top. Wouldn't it be so nice to have them in your life as just this accentuator and to share your joy with, and they have such an amazing relationship, my uncle and my aunt. So it's like not placing your worth outside of yourself or depending on something else to bring you happiness, which- I think really brings us back to our original and conversation around gratitude, as simple as that might sound, because that lends to a healthy, happy life. Like you start your day off already feeling good and already magnetizing that. So just getting into the better feeling more and more. And I even find that like exercise, those endorphins, like anything like that, that will just like get me into a vibrational state of just feeling alive and good and happy to be alive on the most basic level, just calls more of that in. So, but I'm with you. And I love that you make that point that it is a journey because I still feel like I I can see it like happening every like six months to a year, I'm going through a, a different kind of quantum leap in a way where I just know it's completely because my um underlying beliefs are shifting and and rising. And I think that's part of the the experience here. It, it'll just keep going like that. And isn't that beautiful? <laughs> <Amen>. So right. <laughs> So Emma, if people want to work with you, um, learn about your books, et cetera, where can we find you and get to know you?
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. So uh, my website's emmamumford.co.uk. And I'm on pretty much every social platform, Instagram, TikTok, you can find me YouTube as well, at I am Emma Mumford. And I've got my podcast, I've got my YouTube. And yeah, my new book, Hurt Healing Healed came out this month. Oh, uh, Actually, no, last month now we're in November. And uh, yeah, I w- it just obviously echoes on a lot of what I was saying about releasing those blocks, looking at those limiting beliefs and supercharging your manifestations.
0: Excellent. Congratulations on your new book. That's big. And uh, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Helen. I've loved it. Thank you. Yay.
0: All right, my friends. Thank you so much for being here and joining us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. As always, if you enjoyed and you learned something from this episode, please do send it along to a friend who might benefit from it, and uh, you can even leave a review if you feel called. I'd be so grateful. Um, And then everything we discussed is linked in the description below, so check that out for more details couple more notes on my end. I'm running full moon circles every month on the evening of the full moon. So if you are looking for sisterhood, community, just a way to deepen your experience of life, this is a great way to just relax and come together. So links in the description below, of course. And then everything else is on HelenDenham.com. I am putting up new blog posts quite frequently. I send out newsletters a few times a week with Oracle cards and energy checks and offerings and... Um, I love that way of connecting with you guys. So yeah, just head over to com. All the juice is there. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. It's an honor to to touch base with you like this every week. So enjoy the rest of your day, your evening, your week, wherever you are. And I will talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.